Our second scripture reading is from the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 24. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May the God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A countercultural lifestyle is the topic for today's sermon. Before I begin, I do want to thank you again, Evangel Heights Church family and friends, for the ways in which you demonstrate your commitment to the larger community. On this coming Saturday, December 19th, we're going to have a, a Christmas sing-along in the church's parking lot. So I invite you to join me at 5 p.m. as we sing um, pre-selected Christmas songs. This will be our gift to the community. And I look forward to seeing you. Now, you need to know that your pastor does not like cold weather, and I'm in South Bend, I know. But I'm going to be out on Saturday dressed up, ready to sing. So please join me. We will practice, um, we will make sure that uh, the cars are parked so that social distancing is respected. You may remain in your car, you may step outside of your car, we'll sing with masks on. We are going to have a great time and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Now for that person who said singing with mask on, Katie and Howard do it every Sunday and they sound pretty good, would you not agree? Amen, amen. For a few moments today, I want to preach from the topic, a counter-cultural lifestyle. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth, holy and awesome God, and the meditation of each heart be pleasing to you, for truly you are our source of strength. You are our source of hope. And you have said in your word in Isaiah that you will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. We give you thanks now for this moment. Hide me behind the cross so that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone can be seen and heard. Amen. Have you ever tried to fit in? One definition of fitting in is to become assimilated into and accepted by a group, to blend or work harmoniously with something. The history of this country is a story of assimilation. When different ethnic and racial groups came to the United States from other countries by force or voluntarily, the larger society expected them to fit in to assimilate. Assimilation means, again, adapting to a society or culture by learning 
their way of life. In this case, for those persons who came to this country, assimilation was the key to their being accepted. The process of assimilating involves taking on the traits of the dominant culture to such a degree that the assimilating group becomes socially indistinguishable from other members of the society. I'm thankful that we are at a point now, we've not fully arrived, but we're at a point now recognizing that uniqueness and diversity really is a gift from God. And that I don't need Becky to be and act like Pastor Michelle. And Penny doesn't need Jordan to be and act like her. We all have unique gifts as individuals and as ethnic and racial groups. And those gifts are truly that, a gift to all. What have you given up in order to fit in? As some of us evaluate what is currently taking place in our nation, we can see the lengths to which people will go in order to fit in. Just one example, an attempt to disenfranchise millions of voters in four states because of the outcome of the voting in those states. There are people who gathered this past weekend to disprove, to say what has been proven to be true, that there was no fraud in the voting process that would change the results of this past general election. There are folks who've gathered who have said, but in spite of all of the facts, there was voter fraud. I looked at the number of people who gathered in Washington on yesterday, and I could not help but ask the question, what would you do? What length would you go to to fit in? We're seeing that at this time, in this history of our nation, where people and groups of people want us to think that wrong is right, lies are truth, and white supremacy is ordained of God, we must acknowledge as the Church of Jesus Christ we're not called to fit in. As a matter of fact, we're called to be counter-cultural. And we're called to live counter-cultural lives as individual followers of Jesus Christ and as the church of Jesus Christ before our family, friends, neighbors, and communities. I'm not persuaded by people who will say, at the end of the day, I, I, I need to go home and pray and, and read my Bible as, as one of the marchers said on yesterday, protesters said on yesterday. We'll talk more about the Bible and, and prayer and, and faith in a moment. Fitting in. What, what price are you willing to pay to fit in? Young people, what price are you willing to pay to fit in? 
In the text today, Paul reminds us as the Church of Jesus Christ that we're called to be countercultural. And the definition of countercultural is a culture with values and mores that run counter to those of established society. In the text today, Paul addresses the need for countercultural living, a lifestyle with this group of believers in Thessalonica. The church at Thessalonica faced external hostilities, as we stated several weeks ago, from the powers that be, the Roman powers, and also from Jews. Paul has addressed how the church at Thessalonica was to deal with those external forces. But today, Paul is turning inwardly, internally, and sharing with the church how the church must be countercultural. So what does Paul tell us? There are three things. First of all, Paul says, rejoice always. You've heard this theme throughout this worship service today, rejoice. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5 says, May you always be joyful in your union with the Lord. May you always be joyful in your union with the Lord. For those who are asking the questions, how, how can I be joyful in the midst of circumstances that are trying to overwhelm me? Paul is not saying that you're to be joyful because of the circumstances. Paul is saying you're to be joyful because of the union that you have with the almighty God. And because of that union with God, you're able to see all of life's circumstances and situations from the perspective of one who recognizes that this life is not all that there is, but there is a life that will be ushered in by the second coming of Jesus Christ. Paul reminds us that the kingdom of God that we see glimpses of now one day will be fully recognized when Jesus Christ comes back. And because of that hope, because of our union with God in the midst of and even in spite of what takes place in our lives, we can still rejoice. We can still have joy in the Lord. Joy in the midst of affliction. Not based on present circumstances, but based on our relationship with God through Jesus Christ that gives us a perspective that we are to have. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Constant prayer is needed and necessary. Yes, there, there are hostilities that this church at Thessalonica was facing. And God said to them, I'm sorry, Paul said to them, pray. And then Paul says, rely on the Holy Spirit. According to the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, the Holy Spirit's role in the world is to reveal and guide the believers in all truth. 
the role and responsibility of the Holy Spirit, and he has many roles, but the ones I want to lift up today is to share what the Holy Spirit has heard from God. He's to share that with the people of God and to bear witness to Jesus Christ, all to the glory of God. Paul says to them, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Continue to listen to the Holy Spirit. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. As the church of Jesus Christ, we must listen to the Holy Spirit. We must be guided by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that will assist us in facing the challenges that we are seeing in society and beyond. It is the Holy Spirit who will give us the proper perspective as we look at what is taking place in society around us. And let me just say to you, as we look at what is taking place around us, we have to be mindful of who we're listening to and who we are repeating. We must be mindful of those who would spread lies and untruths. Paul says in this text, test everything. Test the spirits. How many people do you know who would just parrot, speak what they've heard someone else say? How many of you know of someone who will not stop and ask the critical questions and examine what they have heard. When Paul was sent to Berea, he began talking to the believers in that community. And this is what Acts chapter 17, 10 stated. When they arrived, Paul and his companion, they went to the synagogue. The people there were more open-minded than the people in Thessalonica. They listened to the message with great eagerness, and please hear this, and every day they studied the scriptures to see if what Paul said was really true. You test the spirit by looking at God's word. We test the spirit by studying God's word and asking the question, is what God has said to us in alignment with what you are saying? And if it is not, then we cannot listen to the individuals. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it reads, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. If we search the scriptures, we will see that God is on the side of the oppressed. If we search the scriptures, we will see that God is not on the side of the oppressor. If we search the scriptures, we will see that God is on the side of the poor, the marginalized, the orphan, and the stranger. We will see that God is not on the side of the liar nor the deceiver. We must search the scriptures. And so I've learned, and I pray that you have learned that when someone says, you know, we are going to continue 
as it was recorded by someone who made a comment on yesterday at the march, one of the protesters who's protesting the outcome of the elections. I'm going to go home and read my Bible and pray. My question would be, which Bible are you reading and who are you praying to? Because the God who Jesus Christ has revealed is a God who stands on the side of truth and Jesus Christ has said, I am the truth. Yes. What Paul describes is a countercultural perspective. It's a perspective that goes against the norms of the day. And I'm mindful, I'm mindful that even today our institutions are being threatened and people may not trust our institutions as they once trusted them. But let's be very, hallelujah, very clear that the institutions that were supported, the institutions that were lifted up, the institutions that were viewed as necessary to abide by as little as 10 years ago, as little as five years ago, today, now all of a sudden, those institutions are no longer valid. We have institutions. We have this democracy in place. We have this institution of voting, a voting system that's designed to make sure that people can actually vote and their votes will be counted. Now today, we question those institutions in the midst of the facts that have said voting fraud has not taken place to the degree that the outcome of the election should be questioned. Test everything by the spirit. Test every spirit and make sure that, the, that what you use to test the spirits by is the word of God. For such a time as this, you and I, followers of Jesus Christ, believers who have claimed to be a part of this community of faith, a community of faith that has been given the challenge to advance God's kingdom here on earth for such a time as this. You and I are called to not become so distracted by what's going on around us or even within our homes that we lose sight of the need to continue to lift up the name of Jesus Christ as we advance God's kingdom here on earth, beginning within our homes and then extending into our communities, into our state, and into the world. For such a time as this, you and I are called to live counterculturally. We will continue to rejoice because of the union that we have in our God through Jesus Christ. We will continue to rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to share with us the truth that we need. We will continue to test spirits by the word of God. We will continue to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, knowing that the work that we do, Evangel Heights, United Methodist Church, family and friends as a counterculture will never, ever go in vain. Although friends may turn away, Although family members may talk about us, we will continue to move forward, letting the world know that there is a loving God who sent a living Savior to die for a lost world. So we will continue to let our lights so shine. 
that men and women, boys and girls who are struggling, trying to make sense out of this world today will know that there is hope and that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord, our God, we just pause to say thank you. We thank you for the ways in which you have equipped us for such a time as this. We thank you for the gift, for the gift of this community of faith. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who guides us. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who continues to remind us that we're to continue to do the work that he started, and that is to advance your kingdom here on earth. And so today we declare once again, may thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Strengthen us, your people, as we go forth to be the light that you're calling us to be in these times of challenges. And may we go forth with the joy that is ours because of our, because of our union with you. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.